Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast with board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. Hey, this is Anthony. And this is episode 307, most anticipated games of 2021. We did it. A new year. <laughs> Suck it, 2020. <laughs> I've never felt such a, a sense of accomplishment at 1201 on New Year's Eve. Where I'm just like, I'm alive! <laughs> of a year of doing literally nothing, I know. that was certainly just like the biggest accomplishment possible. But again, we should not go any further without thanking our Patreon backers, especially our brand new Patreon backer, Tracy. Tracy, thank you so much for backing us. It's because of you and our Patreon backers that we made it through 2020 somehow, that we're here in 2020-21 on Board Game Arena, and especially right now on the Twitch channel on Board Game Arena. So we can talk to you about the latest and greatest in board gaming. So again, thanks to Tracy. Thanks to everyone out there who supports the podcast and BJ Live. And obviously, my friend, we are back it is hopefully another great year in gaming. Mm -hmm. 2020 was rocky, but the games were rocking. So 2021 has probably the most insane list of board games coming up that I've ever seen in all of the years that we've been doing this. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. Because usually when we do this list, I have to dig deep, right? And I have to like pull together... And sometimes I'm pulling in Kickstarters that haven't even run yet. And then we get wishy-washy on what year that's going to come out. And this year we came up with over 50 and I had to remove some because we don't have enough time to go through them all. <laughs> and this is just the ones we already know about because typically this list is only a fraction of what's going to come out this year. All the stuff for Essen, only a couple of those have even been announced yet. You know, all the surprises that come out of the big companies towards the end of the year. So many games this year. Ah, I don't know when we're going to play them. We'll see when they come out. I don't know. Hopefully we can actually get together to the table because I'm already behind from last year. Yeah, I was I was just telling Anthony that I was trying to buy games online and I could get I couldn't get enough games in my cart due to the fact that everything is sold out, which obviously is in part a good thing because people are home. And they want to do something super fun. So board games is, of course, always the answer. But also because, obviously, everything has been delayed because of COVID, that there's a huge backlog of games. So this might be the year. Like, we've always talked about, like, what is the best year in board gaming? This might be it coming up. Right. Just from sheer volume, right? Yes. You release 5,000 things. I'm like, probably, like, 20 of them are going to be amazing. I don't know. <laughs> Just by yeah, we're not we're, we're not saying they're going to get to the table. We're just saying they're going to be released. That's yeah. <laughs> that's what we're that's what we're sticking with. We've checked with lawyers, and it does count. Twenty twenty one, ton of games coming out. Good percentage of them are going to be great, and they may or may not hit the table. But nonetheless, we, we're going to add them to our collection, add them to our cards, and hopefully get them to the table this year. So we're going to help you get them to the table because we have a lot of great opportunities to do so. And, you know, we have a lot of things that are going on. But, uh, Anthony, before we go into all of, you know, our kind of fun stuff, obviously, we have so much that's going on on the podcast and also our fun little 
BGA Live. Yes, sir. BGA Live, our other show, the other big show on Board Game oh. Arena. Um, the one about Board Game Arena, the one if you want to play the games or participate or watch the games and hear us talk about them. That is every Wednesday at 8.30. Um, this week, we're talking about the crew quest for Planet Nine. Ignore the date on there. It is January 6th is when that is running, um, episode 17 of the of the show. So make sure you join us, and we're going to have a great game of that. We're going to have some uh, listeners and some fans and some uh, friends. Russ is going to put together a good crew for us to play the crew. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I, I think it's actually because the crew did run on 12.30 – that they all got together and made it possible for us to be here in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> they legitimately saved us all. So you need to watch it now. Yeah, you'll you'll get the joke when you actually play the game because it's very much a co-op opportunity just to like drag yourself by your fingernails to get through the game. So it's the perfect 2020-2021 game. So we're really excited about that. It's one of our favorite games of all time, especially in the trick-taking genre. So, yeah, absolutely be there because it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's on Board Game Arena. So, all kind of good things. So, Anthony, we've talked about 2020, 2021. Happy New Year's to everyone out there. Obviously, our Patreon backers, BGA Live. And let's talk about what our listeners and our viewers, especially on Twitch, are talking about. Let's talk about our question of the day all right so the question of the week this week is well it's the topic of the show it was an easy one right what games are you most looking forward to in 2021 so i always want to ask the listeners as well and the viewers of course and this is all from our facebook page facebook.com slash board gamers anonymous so if you want to participate in these questions they go up twice a week usually on tuesdays and thursdays and there's a lot of comments in there usually 20 25 or more sometimes comments um, usually curate and pick, you know, the ones that are the most interesting or engaging or the best stories that we find funny. Uh, so if you want to be on the show, that's probably the easiest way to do it is just comment on our, uh, questions of the day when they go up. Um, we're going to go through a lot of these because a lot of these are things that are already on our list. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time going through this and our personal list is coming up and is much larger. So, <laughs> you know, you can wait and hear what we're anticipating, but I wanted to give everybody their due and thank them for, you know chiming in of course um jeremiah he mentioned uh, a few games that we're going to talk about today um carnegie florence kanban ev which should be coming in the next week or so um origins first builders venice weather machine a new lacerda game we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes willie mentions a game that i for it didn't actually make the list and i feel bad mm-hmm. about it because it i pre-ordered it and i'm very excited for it it's cloud age it's Ooh, the new yeah. alexander fister game Yes, so, I think just because it was in my, it was supposed to ship in December, and so in my head it was a game from last year. But of course, COVID delays. It's coming, I think January or February. So surprise! I know, <laughs> very high on my list. Super excited for that. Let's see, we've got Wonderland's War from Druid City Games. Um, Dead Squirrel mentions that. Oath. Um, we're talking about that. Well, actually, we're not going to talk about that because we talked about that last year. That is yeah. the new game from Leader Games that should be shipping in the next couple of months. That was a Kickstarter from the beginning of last year. So you can listen to our preview episode from last year if you want to hear about that one. <laughs> or last week's episode when we talked about how it didn't come out yet. Yes, very much. Very big problem. Yep. We've got Lacerda's other game on Mars, Surviving Mars, uh, the yep. cooperative version. So that's one we'll talk about. Coffee Traders is the new big game from uh, Capstone Games that is in pre-order right now. Tim mentions Ankh. <laughs> and he says he hopes it's good just so he can feel 
help us feel remorse over backing Kemet instead. So <laughs> thanks, Tim. You're a good it's friend. The, man. It's the curse of the pharaohs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, they're gonna ruin Kemet somehow, and you're gonna be really sad about Ankh. Maybe. <laughs> um, let's see here. We have a couple more votes for coffee traders. Corey mentions that it's a toss-up for him between coffee traders and Darwin's journey. It's another one we'll talk about in a few minutes here. Yes. Manda mentions Isafarian Guard. Not familiar with that one, but they seem very excited about it. So it's on the list. And then the last one, I actually texted this to you when it was posted. Lance posted this on the a picture of this, and I hadn't seen it before, is Ultimate Railroads. So this is the big box release from Hans and Gluck of Russian Railroads with all the expansions and maybe other stuff. We don't know yet. Um, sure. They apparently have said on Instagram that it will be retail, so it's not a Kickstarter. So it's not going to be like a Grand Austria hotel situation where you have to pay $100 to get the game, hopefully. <laughs> but that's all we know at the moment that I'm aware of. So I don't know. For all you waiting for Russian Railroads, it is coming, apparently. Absolutely. And obviously, we're getting a lot of love here in the chat, Anthony, for Ankh. There's They're supporting Eric Lang's ongoing tradition of overpriced but wondrous games. Yeah. And, and and I guess for you and I also, I mean, we hope that the game is great because, yeah. you know, even if you don't back the game, you want to play the game. It's it's not a matter of not wanting the game. We want the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at us. I mean, we have meeples behind us. Clearly, we are living the life. But, you know, every once in a while, these Kickstarters can be a little expensive. But if the game is great, I will love to feel the burn of not being able to pick up that game at that time. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it, it's and that's what it was. It was two hundred dollar games come out really close to each other with the same theme, and I was like, sure, you know. And I went super all in on Rising Sun, and it just was. It didn't quite click for me, um, which happens, and it's fine. And those games are fine, and I give them a play. But when you spend three hundred dollars on it, you're like, oh, I want to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to one day having the ultimate mega super incredible giant big box of eric lang games where it's just like three giant huge games in one box like a giant coffin box and then it's like all the miniatures you're like here's a miniature here's a miniature because <laughs> everything everything keeps coming out again but in a big box version so can you so publishers if you're listening and i know you are can you just tell me when to buy your game because i'm gonna buy it can you just give me a point when I should buy it? I know you want me to buy three versions of it, but can we just, can it just stick down to one or two? I, I'm pleading with you, especially Queen Games out there. They make great games, but they release it like 14 times. I don't yeah. know which one to back. Yeah. Yeah, they just did that with Alhambra. It was like, here's the mega ultimate super big box. It has everything you'll ever need. And then like 18 months later, here's another big box with some stuff that wasn't in that other big box. I'm like, come on, man. It's funny because on our Patreon account, we do new episodes specifically for our Patreon backers, and they asked about our collections. So my most recent episode that came out this week was my big box collection of games. And Alhambra is up there. And when they came out with the Kickstarter, I was like, I should back this. And then I opened the closet, and I saw Alhambra looking at me, just staring at me, and disapprovingly, like, are you really going to get rid of me for the new version of me? Like, and I'm just like, ah, oh, you're right. And I had to close the closet, but, ah, uh. <laughs> yeah, it, these boxes are getting kind of crazy. I got the Anachrony infinity box 
Sure. You guys go to Facebook. You see my post there or Instagram. It is legitimately too big for a, a Kalox cube. It's bigger than Gloomhaven. It's bigger than the Scythe box. It's like bordering up there with Kingdom Death Monster in terms of width by length and size. And I'm like, I didn't <laughs> think this game had that many components. Why is it so big? It's, Goodness it's gracious. Pretty, but it's so big. Yeah, that's a problem. It really is. It's, it's a shame because... I don't know where we're going to store these things. We're going to need bigger Kalexes. That's all I'm saying. Right. (laughs) All right. So that's our question of the week. If you'd like to join in on all the fun that we're having, of course, we are live right now on Board Game Arena's Twitch channel. So just don't watch the embedded feed. Jump onto Board Game Arena. Hit us up with a subscription so that you know each and every time when these episodes are coming up. We love your donations. It helps us kind of continue with the channel. And again, all of our social media. So basically, wherever you're doing all the social media, we are there, including Board Gamers Anonymous' own website, boardgamersanonymous.com. There are articles there. There's videos. There's content beyond compare. So if you have nothing to do, I now have everything for you to read, watch, listen, and play. So uh, yeah, check that all out. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with our listeners, our viewers, our friends on Twitch, our friends on Board Game Arena. Now let's get on to our feature review. So our feature review is, of course, the definitive list of 2021 that we know about at the moment, asterisk. (laughs) This list is going to blow you away. So grab your chairs, grab the family, because you're going to want to hear about all these great games that Anthony's put together. It is the ultimate list, just like all of these ultimate boxes that have been coming out. Yep. So get ready. Here we go, man. You ready for this? <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this. I, um, we went through a big list last week, and I was like, okay, take a breath. Take a breath. Um, <laughs> it's a big list. We're not going to linger super long on any of these games, because otherwise we'll be here all night long. But if you want to see the full list, I will put it in the show notes on the podcast if you're a listener, but I'll also put it on the website. I'm going to put the full list. I'll have links and everything. So you can find the information about these if you're like, why didn't you mention more about this or this or this? I'm like, well, this is why we're interested. But if you want to learn more, here's Board Game Geek and whatever else might be on there. So um, try to help you guys out with that. But without further ado, let's kick it off with the big one. Uh, <laughs> Europe Quest 2021. Uh, this is the uh, the relaunch from Hasbro via Avalon Hill. Um, they ran it on their own personal um, crowdfunding site that they use for toys and whatnot. And it made a ton of money from all the people who are nostalgic for all that plastic. I'm not among them. I really never played this. I have no interest, especially not at that price. But, but I'm hoping someone I know does because I do want to see it. <laughs> So, Anthony, is just my thinking right now, is this list worthy, especially when we're talking about HeroQuest, which, as you mentioned, came in with big numbers. Is this a buy-play-dodge list at this moment? Can Do we have enough information? Because I know HeroQuest has been around forever. So I could certainly say play because I did not buy this. This was yep. nice, <laughs> but it was it's certainly going to be a play for me. I think that would be fun, regardless of whether we're correct. And then next year, we'll have a little more information for when we go through and uh, discuss what we played over the year. That's cool. I like that. Uh, play yeah. for me, too. Or it could be a list that we go, we bought those games and we regret it, or we yes. didn't buy those games and we regret it even more. 
<laughs> it's yeah, there's too many games on this list. We're not going to buy them all, so there will be a bit of both. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hero Quest that is a play for me. I'm I'm excited about it, but it's I just don't have that fervor. It's not like it was like the same as Return for Dark Tower or Firebot Island. I'm like cool. I don't know. Yeah, I I think again it's one of those ideas that like it's like Citizen Kane. When it came out, it was revolutionary, and now it's kind of standard, right? We have games that have furniture and have really cool kind of slash and dash kind of modes to it so yeah it's gonna be a play i'll play it because nostalgia stake even though i never played it as a kid yeah ditto all right so let's see what's next on this list if it's gonna slide for me slide baby it's gonna be one of those new dance songs but it's about board games and right. slide to the left and slide to the right jump up Jump down. Play that game. Roll those dice. See, I'm, I, I think we're working on a trend here. It's going to be a whole yeah. new genre board game. It's going to be a TikTok board gaming channel where we show the big box games and we dance with it or something because, you know, people can't come over. So we have to do something. Exactly. So yeah. That's, that's what I'm advocating here. Do something with your board games because <laughs> 2020, 2021, man, we got to do good stuff. I can tell you what's next on the list while I figure this out, though. That is Descent. Uh, oh. New Descent. Like what is what is that subtitle for that thing? It's uh, way Legends too big and too expensive to get to the table. Ooh, yeah, that's, I, that's the subtitle for it. And it's not a surprise that you can't get it on the screen because it is way too big and way too expensive. I remember when you, me, and a friend of ours watched this live on their their Twitch channel, and we were so excited about it. And then it was like they crashed because clearly they can't host more than five people at one time. And we're like, dude, you guys are fancy flight. You should be able to do this. And then later we rushed to YouTube because we expected they were going to have all of these things. Little did we know that fancy flight is like shrinking as we speak. And they showed this giant box. And you're like, oh, it's amazing. What's in the box? What's in the box, man? And they did not show what's in the box. Oh, so no. yeah, I remember like that. A couple of figures like in a later picture. And I was like, lame. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, certainly going to be a play for me. So I will play this game. I don't think anybody I know is picking this game up because Dungeon Crawls, mostly because of Gloomhaven, have become such an oversaturated game market that there's really no room for it. I mean, I have so many of those right now. I can't really buy another. I want to. Like, again, if I do somehow insanely just in the middle of the night jump on line and purchase this game, it's going to take over my life because that's how big the box happens to be and it's again it's one of those campaign games so it's going to be the next six years or something and be like six years later be like chris you done with that descent campaign yet i'm like almost <laughs> almost halfway through <laughs> yeah uh, I, this is a dodge for me too i i want it i want to say i'll play it but i know i won't so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna still hope out a little it's it's on the line for me I want to say play, but I just don't think it's ever going to get to the table. And I, and that's a shame because I'm sure it's going to be great. So, yeah, I think it's unfortunately going to be a, a dodge situation. Unless, again, somehow it falls from the heavens and hits me on the head and then I have a lawsuit and a game to play. But, uh, yeah, another huge, ridiculously giant box, as you could say. So, yeah. Uh, uh, alas, we cannot get all of these games to the table. But in, in a different timeline, Anthony, we did that makes you feel any better okay yeah no i like that timeline what, yeah, what is and that, that timeline? 
And in that timeline, this descent game is a filler. That's how that timeline works. Time and space oh works. Different. So we live a thousand years. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of filler, we've, I fixed the problem so we can continue. Um, all right. So that's descent. Uh, I think we're both on the, yeah, this is cool. It exists, but it's not for us kind of thing. It's going to be a pass. Yeah. It's going to, yeah. But uh, next up, we got Lizard Wizard. Uh-huh. This is the next game from Glenn Drover and Forbidden Games. And they did Raccoon Tycoon, which is the reason yes. I put this on the list. Because Raccoon Tycoon was like one of those games that kind of came out of nowhere. And people were like, oh, wait, this is actually really good. So I'm excited. It's got some auction and bidding, commodity speculation type stuff. So economic elements to it, which is fun. But obviously a fantasy theme with wizards running around in some school. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> I don't really know what the theme is supposed to be here. But I dig the idea behind it. These games are generally light. They're not like the big heavy things. So. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, I, I think just generally the the theme is lizards that are wizards. So <laughs> I remember seeing this on Names Kickstarter, and I just kept going back to it, and I really loved the artwork to it, and I was just like, ah, I don't, why, ah, and I just had to pass. So I think this is going to be another game that. You know, I would like to get to the table like Descent, but I don't know anyone's picking it up, and I'm not going to be picking this one up, unfortunately. Although, I really do love the ambition behind this game. It, it looks like they really put a lot of time and effort to the artwork. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is a game that I didn't pick up Raccoon Tycoon, but I played it and liked it. This will probably be a similar boat. Like, I like it. It's a little too light to be in my collection, though. Yeah, and I think that's the problem these days with most board games is that they've become so expensive that you just can't stick it in your collection just to have it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Speaking of which, Dinosaur World. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is the new... Maybe you read more about this, but... I did. What is the difference between this and Dinosaur Island? Because I was just like, it just seems like you're re-implementing the same mechanics, and I don't need another one of these. I have two boxes on Sure. Well, I think we covered all of that in detail on my acquisition disorders, but to put it in a, in a nutshell, it is half dinosaur Island, as you know it, and half tile placement and movement almost, I wouldn't say it's a pick up and deliver, but your movement on the board does matter this time. It's different enough for them to sell you another game. Woo. I did it. <laughs> yeah. This was and on Kickstarter. So I already know it's a pass because I passed. So I, I love Dinosaur Island. I own all of Dinosaur Island. I think other than Space Raptor, which was with another campaign. So I, I still want that. Um, but if this was on sale, I would pick it up. So this is going to be a play for me, like you said, just to see how radically different it is. It's not radically different, but I still kind of want it. Uh, right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, though, because I say I passed, but I did actually give money to this Kickstarter because of Roar and Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dinosaur Island roll and write, um, which was kind of like a throwaway add-on they put on there. Like, oh, also we made a roll and write. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> and you know, it's not just because I like roll and writes, because I have cooled on them a little, because there's been a lot of bad ones in the last oh 18 God, months. So many. But Dulasaur Island, like the other, the last time oh, they yeah. did like one of these throwaway secondary things, was yeah. really good. So it was I'm really good. To yeah, this is a solid pass for me. I... Not a fan of Rolling Rights. Right. This didn't look very different than what they had produced, you know, before. But Dual Source, 
is a really undiscovered gem. It just it's just the other game is just so big, but I would recommend Dual Saurus every day as a two player game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Like we played it last year actually. It was one of the last games we played before yeah. uh, <laughs> everything like that. And it, yeah, it just it stands out as a solid one. All right, so that's Roaring Right. Uh, next up was uh, Darwin's Journey. So this is designed by uh, Simone Luciani and Nestor Mangone. And that combination should be familiar because they've worked on a lot of games together, including Newton, Masters of Renaissance. I don't know if Simone Luciani worked on Masters of Renaissance, actually, but um, uh, Mangone did. Uh, but this is their new game coming out this year on Kickstarter because it is Thunderglyph Games. Uh, so might be cheating a little on this one i don't know if it'll actually come out this year but the kickstarter is soon yes um, and i just i love the theme i love the idea of darwin's journey an exploration game a travel game um mixing in this you know not only just like the journey he went on but like the science and biodiversity and just nature biology that he was working on as he uncovered that so yeah no i'm i'm pretty psyched for this i actually didn't know this was coming until fairly recently so it definitely jumped on the list for me yeah, I think it's next week or so. This is oh, going to be, you, you know, hitting out as far as the, uh, I, w- I want to say Kickstarter, but it's more like a pre-order kind of system. Uh, I-, I think we need to see a lot more of these games. Typically, I'm not one of those persons that like, oh, we need to have more educational games. But I have a long-term dastardly plan that we need to get more board games into education, into classrooms, because they're fun. And kids should enjoy education. So, yeah, I hope this is, you know, a new path that they go down because we need a lot more of these types of games. And as you can see, the artwork is beautiful. It's just it's very serene and, and engaging. And obviously it's 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 super, super wonderful to have something like this coming out. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this is a buy for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's worker placement on top of everything else with yeah. Luciani working on it. I'm like done, sold. Done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is a weird one. Um, that I passed on because I could not for the life of me figure out what it was supposed to be. So my <laughs> Clash Games ran this Kickstarter last year, Persevering Castaway Chronicles, <laughs> episodes one and two. And so you go to the Kickstarter page, and I know people figured out what this was. A lot of people backed it. It made a lot of money. But all of the videos on the page were like two, three, I think one of them was four hours long. And I'm like, I can't watch a three-hour video to decide if I want to back a Kickstarter what is the game? What is it? I didn't, I couldn't figure it out. It's Mind Clash. So of course it's, you know, lots of things happening, but I'm sure it'll be good. I just, I couldn't bring myself to spend that much money when I wasn't a thousand percent sure what it was I was paying for. Yeah. I think most of the time that when people think about the podcast, they listen to the episode, the episode runs an hour, an hour and a half, depending on that particular episode. And they're like, Oh, cool. Anthony and Kip Chris covered all of these games. But you don't see us, you know, researching every game that's available that week before the episode comes on. And I remember watching these videos and, and going through the Kickstarter. And I love Mind Clash games, but they always have a tendency to just throw literally everything they have into a box, which is, again, wonderful, but horrifying. So I went through this Kickstarter so many times going... I'm going to back this. I'm totally going to back this. And then I, I like, like you, Anthony, I was just like, I don't know what I'm backing. I got to get out of here. So I was like, yeah. see ya. And just slowly walked out the back before I clicked the giant backing button. And uh, yeah. So yep. 
I think Mind Clash, as far as the company's concerned, just phenomenal. But I just can't emotionally handle all of their games all at once. Just too much. Yeah, man, I'm with you. And I know a lot of people out there listening right now are like screaming at their i at their phones or or their youtube channel whatever it is they're watching on and they're like no it's about this this and this i'm like i get it i get it (laughs) we didn't probably do enough research but at the same time so much guys come on just give me a a bulleted list what is the game yeah it's true all right next one is a a buy for me already uh probably for you as well that's weather machine this is the new vital lacerda game um i believe I don't know if this one's coming next or if it's the surviving Mars cooperative thing for on Mars. I know he's heavily playtesting this right now because I'm on his discord channel and that's usually a sign that it's getting ready for the Kickstarter, but it's not like a historical theme. It's steampunk alternate universe where you're literally building a weather machine working for some mad scientist, which thematically sounds amazing, especially because Lacerda makes some of the best thematic euros out there, but he's also taking like the quadril action selection mechanic from Vinyas, like that mm-hmm. three by three grid in the middle where you have to move a certain amount and uh, to take actions. And that's great too. I love when he takes stuff from his other games and kind of reworks it and modernizes it more for a new game. So yeah, whatever it is, I'm on it. I'll, I'll back this. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> yeah. This is a absolute easy buy. The game looks great and yeah. Bye. 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 1 million percent. All right. Uh, next one up is, we've talked about this a little bit, so we won't go super in detail, but this is Uwe Rosenberg's new game, Hallertal. It's a big box game, um, which he hasn't released in a little while. I think the last like legit Euro he released was Newsfjord, which was two, three years ago. I think it was three years ago. And that was not what I consider a big box game. So I think the last big, big game he released was like the Feast Road, and that was five years ago. So sure. um, this one is coming, I think they said in February, um, end of this month, next month. And so I'm I'm on board. I have it pre-ordered already, actually. So I'm excited to get this one to the table. I don't know a ton about it yet. Just that it's an Uwe Rosenberg type of game. You're making beer or something. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But it's like a big box. It's, you know, when you say big box in Uwe Rosenberg, you know it's not puzzles. You know it's not, you know, these smaller things that he's been dabbling in, which a lot of them are very good. Some of them less so. Um, So I'm excited for this one. Yeah, and and I think obviously you can look at the box and it says expert level. And I'm just like, oh, expert level, yeah, uh, from Uwe Rosenberg. That that's you also have to kind of clarify that it's an expert level game from Uwe Rosenberg because that's that that really means next level. So yeah, this is a buy for me. I haven't been able to purchase it yet just because it's been out of stock all over the place. But it's certainly one of those. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully the pre-orders kick back in once it actually comes in. Um, all right, next up is one that was on Kickstarter a few months ago. Uh, another Vitalis to joint. This is Mercado de Lisboa. Um, now, he didn't make this himself. He worked with uh, Julian Pombo on this. And it just takes the the rubble mechanic, like rebuilding the city part of Lisboa, and makes an entire game out of it. So it is much simpler than his other games. Um, it's By all accounts, it's not really his game. It's someone else reworking a mechanic from his game. And I'm sure he helped. Um, but I like the idea of something that, you know, feels like a, you know, a Lacerda game has mechanics from a Lacerda game, but will take 15 minutes to set up and an hour and a half to play instead of an hour to play and, or an hour to set up and three hours to play. Um, I love me some Lacerda, but they don't hit the table very much because they take a while. 
So I did back this. This one's a buy for me. Yeah, this is a play for me. I didn't back it. It was kind of hard not to back it, but the theme really didn't do it for me. And when I have Lacerda's, I, I want them to, to actually have that kind of like thematic appeal here. So certainly a play. I look, I'm looking forward to loving the game and hating myself in the future. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be good. Next up is a pair of games. Uh, we'll do one at a time here uh, from Stefan Feld's City Collection, Hamburg. This is the remake of Bruges, and uh, thankfully coming with that expansion that nobody can get. So, I have it. oh, <laughs> it's a fancy pants. Um, I know it's the one. one I, it's the one expansion I do have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm notorious for disliking Bruges, but I did back this anyways because it's Stefan Feld, and they say they fix some stuff, so maybe I'll be happy with it. I don't know. I I also backed this at the highest insane level possible, and I was really conflicted about it because I love Bruges, and I love the Bruges artwork. This artwork is rather bland, again, in comparison to Bruges. And everything that the beautiful personalities that were kind of put into the game. So I backed it because, again, it was one of those things where it's like, I know that the system is fantastic. I think towards the end of the campaign, they were talking about upgrading and revising some of the artwork. I think they were utilizing like the same piece of art multiple times. So it wasn't really anything interesting. Whereas Bruges... I believe, again, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's a different piece of artwork on each card. So each of the characters had a different piece of artwork because it was all different people for, uh, to add. So, uh, yeah, no, I back this. I'm looking forward to playing it, but Bruges is never going to leave my collection. Yeah, <laughs> I understand that. Um, uh, second half of this is Amsterdam, the uh, city collection number two. This is the remake of Macau. And by all accounts, there's a fair amount of new tweaking here so obviously the new setting but some card balancing some new gameplay elements they've implemented um macau is one of my favorite bell games it's also super duper out of print so i was excited this is coming out just so more people can play it that is not a game that looked particularly pretty <laughs> to start with so i'm happy with the upgrade but it is kind of the same like this cover looks like that other cover so it is not sure like it'd be nice if they differentiated them a little bit more not just Hey, it's a city next to some water, but we'll see what they do with it. Yeah, this is the reason why I really backed Hamburg. I mean, if it if it wasn't for Macau being out of print, Amsterdam re-implementing, loving Macau, I probably wouldn't back the other. But since I was backing, I was going to back the Amsterdam, and why not? I backed all of it. So yeah, this is a buy for me as well. I'm really looking forward to getting to this table because. I will probably never see Macau in its original edition anywhere. And as you mentioned, it was not the most gorgeous, dynamic kind of artwork and gameplay as far as just like what went on the board. Hopefully they could do something different and better here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one up on the list is Furnace. This is the new game from Ivan Lashin, who is the designer of Smartphone Inc. So automatically interested in that. Obviously he. Smartphone Inc. is one of my favorite games in the last couple of years. This one is a what looks to be relatively light and accessible uh, in terms of like an engine builder type of Euro. Uh, they're saying 30 to 60 minutes. Box is relatively small. Weight's like two to three. So it's not a big, huge, heavy game. Sure. But to be fair, Smartphone Inc. is not the heaviest game in the world either, and it's fantastic. So I'd be interested to see how they implement this. Um, 
you are 19th century capitalists building corporations. <laughs> so it's thematically in line with a game like Arkwright or something, but it seems to be like way lighter than that. So we'll see how they do. Yeah, this is at the very least a play, but I, I think it actually move, might move up to a buy just because of the designer here. And uh, I even love the artwork here. I think this artwork is iconic. I, I'm calling it right now. This is going to get a t-shirt yeah. at some point. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, this is a buy for me too. Because if nothing else, I don't think it's going to cost very much. It doesn't look no. like a big expensive game. Yeah, this is yeah, this is done. I already bought this in the future. <laughs> hey, future Chris, you're buying this game. Do it. <laughs> done. Watch me in 10 weeks. All right. <laughs> Next up on the list is Terraforming Mars, the dice game. Uh, this is coming from Fricks Games, uh, designed by Jacob Frixelius, and it is a dice version of Terraforming Mars. I don't know if that'll be good or not. <laughs> it could be. We don't really know much about it, unfortunately. Like, some people have played it in prototype. There's very little sure. information on BGG, but they say it's coming this year. I, I don't think it'll be great, but I really want it to be, so... It's probably a buy for me because I'm a crazy person and I buy any dice games like this, but I don't know that it'll be that good. <laughs> we'll see. Well, one of the things that Anthony and I have been talking about a lot is that I, I think we have a list of, t of things that we have to cover. And certainly one of the top 10 lists is the top 10 dice games, the dice game, the card game. So the roll and write. So we're going to be covering those coming up and I'm sure this will somehow make the list at some point, but I still find it hilarious. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. mean it's not going to be good. I mean, like you said, if it's at all decent, Terraforming Mars is one of our favorite games of all time. And if there's a decent dice version of this, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy this for sure. You know, it'll it'll probably cost a ridiculous amount of money, but you know, it's not like I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's not like all of their other stuff hasn't cost a ridiculous amount of money already. True. So yeah, this is this is this is a buy for me. Yeah. For sure. All right. Next one up on the list is The Adventures of Robin Hood. This is the new game from Michael Menzel, famous okay. artist Michael Menzel, yeah. whose only other games he's ever designed is the Legend of Andor series. So um Legend of Andor series wrapped up not too long ago, um, the trilogy and then all the expansions with that. And so this is apparently what he's working on. And in this case, they're replacing the cards that tell the story in that game, which is one of my favorite mechanics, with a book. So you're actually going to have a book, like a hardcover book, that you go through and make decisions in. It kind of reminded me of the way they're describing it, like Tales of the Arabian Nights or something, where you're going through Ooh. a book and making decisions and moving around the board. The board will obviously change and evolve as things go through. So it's got some elements to it that sound like Legends of Andor. It's got some other elements that sound like legacy-ish. Like the, they say the game board remembers that like when you find oh, no. things they don't say what that means though so i really want to know like i don't it doesn't sound like there's any stickers or anything but maybe um i'm super excited for this though because legends of andor is you know in my top 25 of all time it's just an amazing adventure game i love it it's such a puzzly game and i love robin hood it's been like a book it was one of the first like real books i read as a child i think i was eight sitting on my mom's bed sure. reading this thing and yeah i'm excited for this yeah, this looks great. I, I think this will certainly be a buy. I mean, obviously, what a great pedigree. And again, just fantastic artwork. And he does it with the design as well. So yeah, I think this will be a buy as well. And Cosmos has done a great job as far as pricing their games are concerned. They're really accessible price-wise, and they're also accessible for the family. So yeah, done and done.
All right, next one up is another Kickstarter that I backed last year, uh, The Great Wall. This is from Awaken Realms, and they run like three of these a year. Um, but this one was unique because it was a Euro game, um, asymmetric worker placement type of game with engine building type of stuff. And it had all the miniatures and crazy stuff you could buy, but you could also get it with meeples, which I did do. <laughs> so I'm like, I want the big crazy Euro, but not all the extra plastic that then requires a box this big that has to go on a shelf somewhere. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what they can do with just a, like a legit Euro type of game. Sure. Um, that is literally it. I don't know if the game's going to be any good or not. I was just excited. And the artwork is very beautiful as well. So. Yeah, again, this was another one of those big games where, for me personally, it's some of these games are so big that I just can't mentally or financially get my arms around them. And this is one of those where I was like, the miniatures or the meeples? The miniatures or the meeples? Miniatures. Ah, <laughs> Step back. <laughs> take you know so yeah this this will certainly be a play um but unfortunately not a buy yeah no i could see that this was it was very weird reason that i backed this but i'm in i'm in on it this next one's a little bittersweet this is a game we've all been looking forward to but unfortunately the designer chad jensen um passed away last year so this game is still coming they are finalizing it it was close to finished when he unfortunately passed away and Dominant Species Marine, which I think is on the P500, so I, I have it pre-ordered. I, I am getting a copy of this. Takes the mechanics of Dominant Species and puts them in the water. So you're playing one of um, four different aquatic-based animal classes. So you've got reptiles, fish, cephalopods, and crustaceans. And it's the Dominant Species formula of survival of the fittest. But it's a very specific time in history, you know, like end of the Ice Age, when all these things were vying for dominance. Dominant Species is one of the all-time great area control games, one of the best Euros made, period. So all the things that have been learned since that came out, going into this, very excited for it. But again, bittersweet that obviously it's coming out and you know the designer isn't here with us to enjoy it. Yeah, and you know, the thing here is that Dominant Species really has a unique kind of position in board game history. I mean, obviously we joke a lot about it because, you know, Cones of Dunshore on Parks and Recs is based on Dominant Species, at least the, the general look out of it and how it was kind of like exaggerated. When you look at the box cover here, either with Marine or Dominant Species, you're like, oh, this looks like a Marathrash at its most Amerithrash-ish, right? It looks like an 80s heavy metal cover. Like it's all that kind of just dominant rage kind of stuff. It, like it rages more than Blood Rage, if that's possible. And it does. So you look at the cover and then most people are like, yeah, I think I want to play this. And then they see the inside and the inside's radically different. Like there's no game that the cover is radically different than the inside more than dominant species games because the inside is cubes and cones. So you're like, huh? But the thing is you really need to sit down and play this game. I'm, there's, if I could ever give you one recommendation, it would be play dominant species or probably even better actually play Dominant Species Marine because it's it's somewhat of a more refined version because where Dominant Species, you place your, your action markers down, then you wait. Here, you place them down and you actually activate. So it you know has more of a worker placement element to it. Thematically, the gameplay, the things that you're doing and how you're interacting is as massive and rageful and dominant as the cover is. It just doesn't have the pieces that looks that way, but the gameplay is 
there. So the cover is thematically true of the gameplay, but it's a Euro game. So I know this game is a hard sell because of this cover and the inside, but please go to, you know, go to GMT games, check out the P500, back this, or at the very least play this because it's, it's just a great game. It's just there. It's just a phenomenal design and, and unfortunately losing a genius out there in the field. So this unfortunately will be the last of his. Moving on from this one, um, which is a buy for both of us, to another game that is a buy for me and almost certainly not for you. Um, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Adrian's Wall. Uh, this is a new game from Garfield Games, uh, designed by Bobby Hill, and it's uh, paper and pencil. So it comes with a bunch of sheets of paper, and you're building out like a tableau based on the cards you draw. It's a city building game, like ancient Rome, and there's you know. The, the tableau of stuff that you can do on this is, is wide and sprawling. It reminded me a little bit of like Roman roll, which I didn't sure. actually like very much. It was too much um, as a roll and write. But this one has some cool mechanics to it. Um, the cards are kind of telling you where to build and how to build. Um, it's very much in that line of like, think, uh, adjust, write down stuff that I like and that you hate. So I feel like I'm speaking <laughs> for you, but I think it's safe to say you're not going to want to play this game. Uh this was literally designed by Bobby Hill. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to skip, I'm going to, I'm going to skip all the King of the Hill jokes here because yeah, it, we don't have time for it, but they're all there in this, but yeah, I'm going to skip this hard. I, I don't know. One day we'll go into my feelings about Roland rights, but it is not this day because we have other games to get through. So yeah, this is a, uh, a pass for me. All right. Next up on the list, we talked about not too long ago on acquisition disorders. That's Gollum. This is a new one from Cranio Creations, uh, designed by Flaminia Bersini, Virginio Gili, and Simone Luciani. So um, the crack team behind Lorenzo Il Magnifico and many other games. And I, I talked about this before, but the theme here is that you are working in 16th century Prague and building and managing these golems, which are anthropomorphic creatures created out of clay to protect the Jewish people in Prague. Such a cool idea. I mean, it's, it's a it's an existing legend, so they're building this off of like you know folklore and legend and lots of media that's been out there about these types of things. But just I don't know, it looks so cool. Um, it's got some mechanics based on Grand Austria Hotel, they're saying. So sure. engine building type of game, um, utilizing some of that. You look at the boards, you can kind of see it. It's got these grids. Theme alone, and then combined with the uh, the designers working on it, and this is definitely a buy for me. I'm gonna pick this up. Yeah, and this is another game like Dominant Species where the cover's awesome, the inside is Euro, like all Euro get out, but thematically plays really well. So yeah, this is an absolute instant buy. Yeah. All right, next up is Carnegie from Xavier Georges. This is a new one coming from Quinnet Games. Pretty soon, I believe. A lot of things going for this one. First, designer. Um, designer who worked on Twa, who worked on one of my favorites from the last couple of years, Black Angel, worked on Gangopolis, Carson City. Very good games in his pedigree. Artwork by Ian O'Toole, which is automatically instantly like awesome. And I also happen to live in Pittsburgh where half the stuff in the city is named after this man. So <laughs> just that alone, I'm like, sure, I'll play this. I don't know a lot about it mechanically, but I'm sure it's an economic industrial game because it's about Carnegie, who is an industrialist. But I'm interested to see if they, if and how they would mix in like the philanthropy elements of it. Yeah, this is an instant buy for me. It reminds me of Nippon, how the map is kind of set up and how you're building up different industries. 
So yeah, instant buy, instant buy. When is this coming out? Take my money, you know. <laughs> we should just have money. I throw money at the screen when I see this game. It's like me the game. <laughs> and Quinn Games, they do a great job on their productions as well. So there's no weakness to this game. <laughs> no, not at all. So this is done. <laughs> yep. All right. So that's Carnegie. Uh, next up, Arkwright, the card game. This was on Kickstarter last year, um, designed by Stefan Ristaus, who did the original Arkwright as well as Gentes. Mm-hmm. And every game he's done that I've played is amazing. And so even though he's taking a bigger game and making a card game, I was all in. Already backed this. Super on board with it. And honestly, anything that takes the Arkwright formula and makes it accessible that I can actually play it, I'm all for. Yeah, I passed on this, but it was it was really hard to pass on it. I definitely want to play this. I think there was something about the campaign. Uh, Game Brewer tends to be a little expensive on the games and their delivery. And that's what's really kept me away from their games at this point, even though they're pretty decent. And this one is part of that. So yeah, when this comes out, I'll play it. And I actually might buy it when it hits retail. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, I remember there being something that was like, ridiculously expensive it might have been yeah this is coming, i mean this is coming from abroad so even the shipping was very high so it was it was hard to pass on but uh yeah when this hits retail i'll be picking this one up uh next up is one i know you backed uh, i backed as well but i know you're hotter on this than i am and that's streets yeah i love streets and uh, i went through this in like detail because i love uh villagers i that was one of the games that just shocked me how incredibly good it was for such a small box and how much replayability I play so many games at the table and I play with so many different game groups and villagers. When we would finish villagers, it would always come back to the table again and again in the same night. And I can't really say that for almost any other game. So when streets came out, I was like, Oh, what else does uh, sinister's fish have for us? And this is a different game. Like it's a totally different game. It's a tile laying game. And it has a lot of ways to score, and it's really innovative and unique. And again, this really small box games. So yeah, I love this company. I love this game, and yeah, I backed it. It was it was the easiest back I did last year. Yeah, I backed this as well. Um, I also like Villagers. I don't think I liked it quite as much as you, but I did like it quite a bit. So this is definitely what I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. All right. Next up is one that is in pre-order right now, and this was actually the most frequently mentioned game from our listeners on Facebook was coffee traders. This is the new capstone game. Um, And you can, I think you can still pre-order this. It's shipping sometime in the spring or April. It is designed by um, Rolf Sagel and Andre Spill. They designed wildcatters, which is actually a very good game overlooked kind of flew under the radar with capstone. Mm -hmm. It came out like early in capstones. It was one of their first like original games um, that they put out. And so not a lot of people got a chance to play that, but it was very good. This one is about the coffee trade in Central and South America, Africa, and Asia. So all over the world in the 70s. So you're dealing with things, you know, like the farmers and their work hours and fair trade organizations and building new plantations and pricing agreements. It's an economic euro. All the things are in there. It's so funny that I get so excited when I see like all those different, like super mundane things uh, (laughs) mechanically. You're like, oh, it's going to be so detailed. But yeah, this is like one of the big euros that everybody's really psyched for in 2021. Um, and I I have backed a copy already or pre-ordered a copy. So I will be getting this whenever it comes out. And I don't know when I'll be playing it necessarily, but I will be getting it. And uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk about it soon. I think I saw one super early just general overview, but I have not seen this like full played out and just kind of enjoyed. And it's $100. So if... 
this is really where the convention season last year just shutting down really hurt hurt a lot of these bigger games because this would be an instant back, but I just don't have enough information to drop a hundred plus dollars on this game, unfortunately. But all right, next up is another Kickstarter uh, from Stefan Phil. This was like a completely out of nowhere when they put it up. Is Coco Pelli? This is a game that it, they put it up on Kickstarter. I don't remember exactly when. It was like a month or so after they did the Cities games. Yes, and I remember thinking shocking. like, oh, what is this nonsense? Like, oh, it's another Stefan Feld game. I have to back it. Um, <laughs> It's, it's a very light game. It has some unique artwork that's interesting. Um, it's a different type of theme. Talking about like Aboriginal tribes here and, and their, you know, their rituals. But honestly, I, I gotta be honest, like gameplay wise, it doesn't look awesome. It's just, it was Stefan Feld, so I backed it anyways. <laughs> yeah, I looked a little into it and I was like, I really want to back this. But I had, again, it was one of those kind of Kickstarter fatigue situations. So backing all of the Feld, and I mean all of the Feld, like... It kind of like if this would have come out maybe two or three months later, I would have backed it. Mm. It was kind of Kickstarter fatigue on this one, but yeah, I'll absolutely play this when it hits the table. All right, next up is Zapotec. This is the new one from Fabio Lopiano, which is a designer we love around here. He's designed a lot of stuff, um, Kalimala, Ragusa. Recently, I talked about Merv, The Heart of the Silk Road. That was him as well. Uh, so, this is his new game coming from Board and Dice, and it's not a tea game. I know this set. <laughs> I, I know, and it, I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but at least I feel like I can pronounce it. It's not, it's not that hard. Speaking of which, we've got a couple coming up. I'll, I'll butcher those for you guys. But yeah, this is about pre-Columbian civilization, specifically the Zapotec. The thing about Lopiano's games is they generally are not horribly long. They tend to be like an hour, hour and a half. They tend to be very dense with a lot of interesting decisions to make, and that's what I like about them so much. Ragusa, Merv. I love these games, and so I'm excited for this one just because of that. Yeah, this is almost an instant back for me. I know that there's not a lot of information out about this, but this will certainly end up in my cart because, again, great pedigree, great games have come out, and this looks like a, another great one. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, next up is the tea game. I promise oh, you no. the tea game. You got a tea game. <laughs> All the tea games, they're coming. <sighs> They just, they need like a phonetic guide with these because they don't know how to pronounce it. So Tabanusi, I'm sure that's wrong, but there you go. Uh, Builders of Ur. Uh, you are building the great city of Ur. <laughs> this is the new game from Tashini, this time working with David Spada, uh, coming from Board and Dice, probably next fall. That's when these games tend to come out. And that's about all I know about it right now. They've released a little bit of information about it. You have workers that will activate districts and when you do that, you're taking dice from the district and taking various actions based on those dice. So, you know, a lot of the things we know of and love from Tashini's games are our dice, but they're not rolled like dice. They're used for workers and action points. So I don't know. I'm excited for it because his name is on it. That's about it right now. We'll probably know more about this one as we get further into the year. Yeah, this is definitely something I'd like to take a look at. Obviously, all the T games have been great. So, yeah, let's add it to the list. I'll look forward to playing it. You know, yeah, I'll probably buy it, even though I won't know anything about it. <laughs> uh, next up is maglev metro this is uh the new game from ted allspack and he doesn't design a lot of games these days because he's busy running his uh werewolf empire that's right uh, this one I, I can't tell if it looks interesting to me or not i honestly being honest with you i can't i'm kind of in between on this but it's a tile lane game which are his best games and yeah. you are building out this maglev 
track system. It's got some pickup and deliver mechanics. Uh, tile placement, obviously, is a big part of that network and route building. So I love me some train games, and I do like at least one or two of Ted Allspock's games a lot. So I don't know. I'll be interested to see what he does here. Yeah. When I first saw this, just the, just from the basic look of it, it reminded me, it was like, oh, this is an 18 double X game or an agent. And obviously he designed age of steam. So I was like, okay, maybe this is something more board game friendly. Cause obviously it's not as complex as that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that just because he does have that knowledge and experience in that, you know, that kind of particular genre, I'm definitely want to play this. Again, I don't know if this is going to be one of his $100 giant big box games. So we'll see how that kind of works out. But nonetheless, yeah, this is definitely going to get a play for me. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe it's maybe it's that game. I guess every company keeps looking for that game that takes a game from like this other genre of board gaming that only a certain subset actually plays and brings it to the mainstream. No one's really been able to do that yet with much of anything, so maybe this is the one. You never know. <laughs> yeah, this is a play for me, too. So, looking forward to it. Next up is Brazil Imperial. Uh, this is a game coming out at Essen next year, and it is a 4X game based on Imperial Times in Brazil. So, not about people taking over brazil it's not about colonialism necessarily well it is about colonialism <laughs> I'm, I'm lying it is totally about a, you know colonialism but in it you are kind of i don't know there's a mix of, of different things here going on here so yeah uh it, it'll be interesting to, to see how it works out uh I, I don't know a lot about the game right now they posted some information here it is the new designed by z mendes and it is sure. i believe does, yeah, it's, he's the Brazilian, so it is coming from Brazil, which is interesting. You're getting games not just out of Europe, about other countries. It's coming from that country. So hopefully we get some nuance about the colonialism aspects of the game. But yeah, you talk about city building, civilization, exploration. It's a 4X game, and I'm excited to see how that turns out. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about this game for quite some time, but as you mentioned, it's kind of been in the ether, right? It hasn't really landed yet as far as that's concerned. The production looks top-notch. I don't know if, like you said, as, as far as a 4X game is concerned, if this really kind of like utilizes all of those kind of metrics because it's it's really hard to get all of those really into the table. Uh, this obviously certainly feels like it can do some of those things, but also feels like maybe it's more along the lines of like actually Imperial, right? Imperial and Imperial 2041 or 2040, where it's like, just utilizing the spaces, the troops, the armies and everything just to grow out and just utilize and kind of reap the resources from it. So yeah, this is probably my most anticipated game of the year because I'm not sure how this game is going to land and I really want to find out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, next up on the list is Cape May. This is coming from Thunderworks Games, uh, the guys behind Role Player and all those. Um, designed by Eric Mosso, who's a first-time designer. And it's about Cape May, which is in Jersey. And I've been there. It's cool. I'm sure it's very different now after Sandy, but I was there pre-Sandy. It was very beautiful. And so you are entrepreneurs developing the property and building up the town, basically. So there's nothing like crazy or interesting thematically going on here, but it's got beautiful artwork by Michael Menzel and Stephen Kerr. Um, a nice, relaxed, cute theme. There's nothing problematic or stressful about it. It just looks like a game that'll be relaxing to play. Hopefully that's the case. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, and I can't even quite pinpoint why. It's just something different, I think. 
Yeah, and again, if that's true, as you said, as far as the artwork is concerned, it is very um, thematically true about Cape May, that it is that kind of like seashore kind of resort town. Uh, obviously, living in Jersey, I would certainly go down there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to see if they could do something along those lines as far as just kind of, you, you know, that unique little town building you know resort building trying to like maybe even sell products and certain novelties to the community there that would be great because again every game doesn't have to be take over the world <laughs> some games could certainly be hey that little corner shop is selling knickknacks so let's go pick some knickknacks up <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no it's it, it, it does look interesting so we'll see how that turns out. Next up on the list is another one that I will mispronounce. Sita Stato, The Rise of the Maritime Republics. This is from, man, Gokix. Sorry, guys. I'm sure it's wrong. Um, but this was actually on Kickstarter not too long ago. And I did back it because it seems in, interesting mechanically. And it was relatively inexpensive. It was like 35 or $40. So it wasn't like a big, huge Euro thing. It is an economic game. It takes place in medieval Europe. So you are a maritime republic with special characteristics that are unique between the different players. And you were trying to build up all these different, you know, your commercial values, your ability to wage war, political prestige, all those different things. So it's got some political elements to it, but it's built around bag building, which is always fun um, when implemented correctly. So it looks like a lot of stuff went into a blender and they mixed it all up and <laughs> they said, these are some cool things Euros have done. Um, sure. And these are a bunch of games that have been, there are cities that games have been made out, you know, in, on Kona and Genoa and Pisa and Venice. Let's throw them all into one game and see what happens. And I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, I like the idea of this game, but I did pass because it looked a little too generic for me as far as like every other Euro out there. So it was a hard pass for me, but it's a pass right now. So it's going to be one of those games I'm looking forward to going huh, that looked really uninteresting, but it's actually a lot of fun. So <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. All right, next up, uh, and this is the last for our new releases, uh, or full game releases, is Crescent City Cargo uh, by Jason Dinger, coming from Spielworks. This is a game I actually had a chance to play in 2019 at Gen Con. Um, I played the prototype. It was on Kickstarter a couple months ago, um, but I got a chance to play it pre-Kickstarter, and it was very good. It's a game about logistics and, you know, managing trucks and shipping routes and, and getting your workers and your offices built up to put things onto the ships. And it doesn't sound horribly interesting, um, but as as a pickup deliver game, it does really interesting and cool things, like in how you manage your trucks and upgrade them and generate additional capacity and move your pieces around the board. I had a lot of fun with it. And so it was always in the back of my head, like, pay attention to this game so when it eventually comes out, you can back it. Not very many people did, unfortunately. I don't know that it had a ton. Um, it did It did back, so it is coming, and I will get it, and I'm looking forward to playing it. Um, but if you get a chance to track this down or see it, I do recommend taking a look, because it is a very good game. Yeah, there was a Kickstarter for it. It wrapped up. There is still a late pledge available, if you like to check it out. It did not really hit my fancy. But if you hit yours, you could pick up the base game for about $59 plus shipping. Yeah, which is great. All right. So that's all the full games coming out in 2021. Um, we did put together a list of expansions as well. We're going to go through that even faster because these are all for games you already know. All right. So kicking things off, we have Rurik, Stone and Blade. 
Uh, Rurik is a Dawn of Kiev, the original game. I played this at a con a few years ago and eventually picked up a copy. Very good. Interesting take on... I mean, it matches up a ton of mechanics, but it, it feels like a dude's on a map game with a lot of Euro mechanics mixed in. This expansion adds more, so I'm all about it. Okay, it's a pass for me for right now, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Glenmore 2, Highland Games. So, uh, official solo mode, three more chronicles for Glenmore 2. Glenmore 2 was a really good re-implementation of the classic Glenmore with a bunch of like modules in it. Looking forward to trying more modules and an official solo mode, which I'm pretty excited for. Yeah, this is a buy for me. It's actually sitting in my cart right now. <laughs> All right. Cartographer's Heroes. Uh, this is a full box, like, follow-up expansion for uh, Cartographers. That is a full-blown roll-and-write, but a very clever one where you're, like, drawing a map based on the cards that you pull out. So it's more of a flip-and-write. Probably one of the better flip-and-write, roll-and-write games I've played since Welcome 2. Um, a pretty good app as well. Yeah, unfortunately, missed the Cartographer's game. It was actually waiting for me at the table, never played it. It's still a roll-and-write, so a pass for me for the moment. Yes, I don't think it does anything unique enough for you. Paladins of the West Kingdom, City of Crowns. Paladin, I've played now Viscounts of the West Kingdom. Paladins remains my favorite of that trilogy. So I'm actually looking forward to this expansion just building on that, adding some more unique mechanics and ideas to the game. Yeah, Paladins is the best, at least at the moment. I, I, they obviously have their new releases coming out. So I'd be interested in this, but I'm still a little troubled by the theme. That's true. Clash of Cultures Monumental Edition. Ooh. So Clash of Cultures is one of the all-time great uh, civilization games, but it's only good with an expansion that they only made like <laughs> 25 copies of. So... <laughs> Uh, I had a copy of Clash of Cultures for a while. I eventually sold it because the base game is just fine. But you need that expansion. This comes with the expansion, some other upgrades. It's very expensive, though, so we'll see. They're charging a ton of money for this. I really want to buy it, but I don't know if I can quite bring myself to. I have the base game. It's shrink wrap because I could never get my hands on the expansion. I heard this was coming out. I was like, oh, the expansion nope it's a full game and it is super duper crazy kind of expensive so i would love to get this to the table but i don't know if i can pull the trigger yeah yeah we'll see maybe hopefully it comes out on discount somewhere like i got the mage knight ultimate edition at some point for much less than the original like 140 they were asking oh. so hopefully we can do that <laughs> yeah WizKids tends to have high prices at least initially war of the ring kings of middle earth this has been floating around for a little while. I've been talking about it, but supposedly it's coming out this year. And it is the final expansion after uh, Lords and um, Warriors. Mm -hmm. War of the Rings is my favorite game of all time. More content is great. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's an instant buy. Absolutely. Yeah, buy for me as well. Grand Austria Hotel, Let's Waltz. We talked about this a bunch. We it was did. Acquisition Disorders a couple times. Yes. There's a whole thing on the stupid Kickstarter charging a ton of money for a game I already <laughs> own, but... I still backed it because I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, it looks good. <laughs> I backed it too. And then they were like, hey, do you know there's all these extra add-ons? And I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> I've already, I already feel dirty about this. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll both get this eventually and it'll, it'll be fine. So yep. Yep. It'll be a very expensive, fine expansion. <laughs> All right, we mentioned this already, the Surviving Mars expansion for On Mars, cooperative expansion. I love this idea. The game's already, like, it feels semi-cooperative. Make it full cooperative, and I'm all about it. 
I think, and again, I haven't played this. I have very little knowledge of it, but I feel like this is going to be even better than the competitive version because, like you said, it really does feel like a co-op game. Yeah, I'm psyched for it. And the Surviving Mars video game is really good. So, like, they're taking something that is solid and like building that on top of this. And I just, I love that idea. Absolutely. On Mars was our game of the uh, our uh, board game of the year from last year. So, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Robinson Crusoe: The Book of Adventures. Um, as you can see from this graphic I pulled off of Google, it's coming this year on Kickstarter. No! <laughs> Get the back this. <laughs> so this is a, a new sequential series of scenarios that's coming for Robinson Crusoe. I don't think I need more content for this because I've barely played any of the other expansions. But Sure. And I, I don't know if this is going to include the stuff from the first expansion, the Beagle that never got re-released. I hope so because I don't have that and I love that. Well, you know, Robinson Crusoe, more than any other game, and because it's, it came out such a long time ago, has been the game that has sat in my cart for the longest amount of time because I think it's a genius design. The idea of, like, yeah. playing a card and, like, deciding what to do with it, and then there's you stick it back in the deck because there, there can be and will be consequences, and then have the dice rolling, but you can confirm that you will get the roll, but then you have to, like... This kind of like trade-off between absolutely wanting to do something, but there's going to be a, you know, a payback. It's genius, but it has so much content and it really, you know, it's a co-op game. So I'm just like, I don't really have the crew for it. So this might make me buy it, (laughs) but it's a great game. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone should check it out. Um, All right, Madeira Collector's Edition. I know we're both waiting oh, on our geez. copy of this. <laughs> yeah, you want me to talk about this? Because this is like, Madeira is a great game. Like, just flat out, it's a great game. It's on Board Game Arena. Everyone should play it because it's a really great Euro. And it has literally been in production hell for, I don't know, 25, 30 years now at this point. I don't know. We back her on Kickstarter. And then I blacked out and it was still not coming. And I blacked out again and still not coming. And supposedly now it can be produced. So maybe, I mean, how many years has it been, Anthony? It's only been like a year, year and a half, but they haven't really started production yet. So it's a full year behind. At least, at least a full year behind. Yeah. This is on top of COVID and China and everything else. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a while. <laughs> at least they're trying to get it right. I mean, Sure. Good company, and they're trying their best. But yeah, no, it's the looking forward to it. No, I mean, I I jumped in after. Like this was originally, I wanted to play this before I actually backed it. So it, I missed the initial Kickstarter, and I was a late backer on this because I love the company so much. So I was, despite the fact that it was delayed, I'm I'm still super supportive. But this is really forever. So I suspect that this game will make next year's. <laughs> list here so uh you know i hope not i hope not yeah i'd like to be playing it this year but we'll see uh next up we've got railroad inc uh challenge they have a yellow and a green edition so they went the pokemon route um these were on kickstarter uh i don't know six seven eight months ago but i love railroad inc it's among my favorite um really quick easy accessible roll and write type of games you just draw your little roots very easy to teach my kids and this 
Kickstarter came with like six different types of expansion materials. So I'm looking forward to that when it finally ships. Yeah, this is definitely fine as, as far as I was concerned. I, I have the first two and I'm just like, all right. It's like a Pokemon edition. There's always like yeah, more, more colors and yeah. So why not? <laughs> hey, you guys, you heard it here first. Chris said this is fine. And it's, it's a roll fine. of life, so It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, you've seen the, the meme with the little dog sitting in the cafe as everything burns down. It's fine. I will say yeah. it's, it's really, you know, they do do a really good job as far as production's concerned and the small box. They really just nail it as far as everything else is concerned. So if you do like a roll and write, this, this, these would be the ones I would recommend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, just a few more here. We've got Agropolis, which is a standalone Sprawlopolis game. Um, Sprawlopolis is one of my favorite uh, button shy games. 18 cards, throw it out there. You can play the game in five, 10 minutes, solo or two player. Agropolis takes the city mechanics and makes it into farming. Same thing, but new ideas thrown in there. So I'm excited for this one. Yeah, this is going to be a pass for me. I mean, I've just passed on all the sprawl games, and I just can't go down that hole, man. It's just too far of a rabbit hole. It's <laughs> $10. Yeah, sure it is. It's, it's, it's just like, you know, hey, the first the first hit's only $10, and then there's like 300 other buttonfly games waiting for you on the way down. So, yeah. You don't yeah, got to yeah. buy them You keep saying that. You don't got to buy them all. I'm sorry. What? What's the name of the podcast again? Come on, come on. It's uh, a good point. It's a good point. You can only buy All one. Right. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole ad campaign about potato chips here. So I don't. Yeah, no. I know what you yeah. guys are doing. Not gonna get me. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm gonna get you at a con one day. I'm like, we're gonna play this game. You're like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm like, it's a button shy game. No betrayal. <laughs> and then like. Then all of a sudden, like 300 of them just fall from the ceiling. They're like, ah. And they'd be like, hey, Chris, you can pick all these up with our giant bag, which costs another $50. I'm like, ah, here, take my money. I don't care anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> pass. Hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> hard buy. Hard buy. Hard buy. I'm buying it. I'll buy it. I'll buy two. No. <laughs> That's what they want you to do. <laughs> you made me do this, Chris. It's you. I learned it from watching you, Dad. See, that's what you have to worry about, you know? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Next up, expansion. Again, I'm going to buy this as well because yeah. it's walk on. Expansion yeah. period. This is a full expansion. The last one was like a little box. This is six new modules. Not going to run through all of it because there's a ton of stuff here, but it's, yeah, it's a lot of new content. They're really blowing it out and adding some new mechanics to the game. So I'm all about it. Yeah, I don't own the base game, surprisingly enough. I did try to purchase it a couple of times. I'm obviously being swayed by Board Game Arena actually having this on there. So maybe some point I will be picking this up. Maybe. Possibly. You never know. Could happen. Yeah. Could happen. I'm excited. I'm excited. The first expansion was very good. So I'm, I'm hoping this is also very good. Rondell for days, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Rondell him. All right. Speaking of, uh, well, maybe not a Rondell, but a guy who makes Rondell games, um, Concordia Solitaria. Ooh. This is an official solitaire or solo only expansion for Concordia that apparently is actually coming out from these publishers in 2021, which I am like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is like, I own all the stuff for Concordia and I don't think I've ever, I played my copy once. So I'm Mm -hmm. definitely buying this because I want to get through all that stuff. As you all know, since you listen to the podcast, Concordia is the game 
that I have played the most that I own nothing for it because my game group plays it all the time. And I love the game, but since the game group plays it all the time, I've never picked it up. I've always looked for a sale to pick it all up at once. And again, out of print, out of print. This tiny little ridiculous expansion is going to force me to buy all of it. So <laughs> they did it. Ah, dodging, dodging, and nope, I got to buy it now. So look what, you, look what you made me do. That's that's what you got to do, man. I kept thinking this game needs a solo mode. It just seems like it should have one, and now it will have an official one, and I'm I'm so excited. Yeah, Venus is great too. So play the co-op version because it's it's really unique. Yep, um, it's like a whole game system now. It's not just a game anymore. It's like it's like becoming a pandemic. <laughs> it's true. All right, next up is another Matt Gertz um, reimplementation of his own game, uh, Transatlantic Two. Uh, so the revengeing, yes. Uh, <laughs> Transatlantic was a game that I actually picked up at some point, and I played it, and it just wasn't on par with his other games. It was fine; I liked it fine, but I didn't love it. There wasn't like a set board. The way you build out your ships wasn't particularly interesting. This is him giving it the Antique treatment. Like Antique Two is one of my favorite games of all time. Antique was fine. Right, and he just streamlined it and optimized it and made it an amazing game. I'm hoping we're getting the same thing here with NTK2, or not NTK2, Transatlantic 2. It doesn't look to be streamlined at all. It looks like they had, he added more stuff to it, but that's okay <laughs> because what I felt was missing from that other game was a big world map, right? Like I wanted to feel like I was moving around, interacting sure. with the world with these ships, and you didn't really feel that in Transatlantic. So I don't know. I'm excited for this because I really wanted to like that game, and it did not quite hit for me. Yeah, Transatlantic 2 Electric Boogaloo, so to speak. Yeah, this is going to be a buy for me. Again, like you said, I, I do think that he's one of the few designers that if he does, and when he does come out with a second version, like Imperial and Imperial 2040 or 2041, this certain, they're certainly better. They're certainly more refined. Like, he doesn't fool around. It's not just to re-release a game. He's going to make it better. So, yeah, this is an instant buy. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. And then last but not least, uh, another Kickstarter that ran not too long ago was the expansions for Tokyo Tsukiji and Tokyo Metro. Um, sure. Both of them together. They're shipping together. Tokyo Metro is a really fun, boiled down take on um, route building and running your trains in Tokyo. Um, the expansion adding more maps and more mechanics to it. Tokyo Tsukiji is a pure economic game. No board or anything, but you're just buying and selling from each other highly interactive a lot of engagement that you're not going to get necessarily in other games like this um sure. one of my like surprise hits of the year it's actually on my top 10 for 2020 which i just put together and uh, this is the expansion for it so both of these are coming sometime in 2021 and i'm excited for that yeah i haven't backed any of these and again it's one of those games that's like i feel like i have this game but i don't so we'll see when it gets to the table again it's it's definitely going to be a play because these games look really interesting. I obviously just need to get some table time with it. Um, Anthony, I do want to throw one more in from our people here in the chat. Uh, Lords of Vegas expansion Underworld and Boss coming out. I believe that was also a Kickstarter, I think, mm -hmm. way back when. I looked at it, but for some strange reason, that's one of the rare games that's never crossed my path. I think one time I had seen it at a game group as I was walking out that night. 
But other than that one rare occasion, I have not seen it out there. But yes, again, the uh, Twitch chat is confirming it was a Kickstarter. So hopefully you did back it. I think the thing of it was there wasn't much changes. It was a straight reprint. I don't think that it, it didn't get the big box deluxe version of it. And I think some people were bummed out by it because it is an older game. But again, it's a game that is great from what I hear. I haven't played it yet. So hopefully get a chance to get that to the table at some point. But uh, yeah, that's another hit up there for all the great games coming out in 2021. So yeah, check out all those great games. Obviously, big board games, expansions, definitely a lot of great stuff happening. Uh, Stay tuned to our Twitch channel. Board Game Arena has Board Gamers Anonymous every Monday, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. So we have a lot of great stuff coming up for you in the new year. VGA Live. So if you're listening to this on the podcast... On Wednesday, tonight, Wednesday, we will be having a great game at the table. We're going to be doing The Crew. So join us then, of course. And next week, we'll be back to you with a brand new episode here. We are always here looking forward to hearing more from you. So hit us up on all our social medias. Hit us up on all your podcast players. And again, thank you so much for joining us here in 2021. All right, Anthony. So until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save all of you a seat at the table. Take care, everyone, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good night.